It's Breakfast with the Boys as the Packers make their first ever trip across the pond, and everyone's excited, right? I'm not going to give you my honest answer. <laughs> I'd rather refrain. It feels like a Thursday night game for us as coaches, uh, just in terms of all the preparation you got to do, and uh, you just, but you just do it. So. It is what it is. Hmm. All right. Well, Matt LaFleur's been here before, at least, twice, as offensive coordinator with the Rams in 2017 and as offensive coordinator with the Titans in 2018. I didn't leave the hotel either time. I suppose it is, after all, a business trip, right? Hopefully they can go back in the in the off season, But, you know, certainly you're not going to uh, lock them in their rooms or anything like that. It's just I think guys got to understand, and they're professionals, and they've got a job to do. We all do. And uh, you got to be disciplined in, in how you go about your business. And I, I truly believe the team that handles the, the trip the best is going to put themselves in the best position to win the game. Although it is fair to say that not everyone shares Matt LaFleur's trepidation. Listen, coaches are creatures of habit even more than players. Anytime there's a minute adjustment to the schedule, it throws them all out of whack. <laughs> so I wouldn't read too much into that. Listen, we're all excited. Last time I went and got fish and chips. So that's probably that's probably up there. Um, I feel like Aaron has some good connections over there. So I'm gonna try to use the wide receiver one card and you know <laughs> tag along with him and do some do some fun activities. Alan Lazard, a huge Premier League fan, finally getting to play in the UK on the home field of one of the EPL's best teams. It's the Packers and the Giants from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This is the Doug Russell Podcast. Wait, 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 wait. This isn't right. That's more like it. Good afternoon and welcome to Bradley Park. And you join us just as the competitors are running out onto the field on this lovely winter's afternoon with the going firm underfoot and very little sign of rain. Oh, Would you like me to take the Chiswick roundabout through Hounslow and Staines? Why did Paul McCartney write Let It Be? It's a magic moment. Just let it be. Good evening, Spond. Yeah, baby! (laughs) The Packers have traveled across the Atlantic Ocean. They have hopped the pond, as they say. Green Bay, of course, the last NFL team to play in London since the UK series began back in 2007. Here's your wacky, weird stat of the day. This is also, believe it or not, the first London matchup ever between two teams that have winning records. Both the Packers and the Giants come in at 3-1. While this is the first regular season game outside of the country for the Packers, it will be the sixth game overall that Green Bay has played outside of the U.S. Sort of. Stay with me on this and while you're friends at the bar as you have breakfast with the Packers, if that's something that you're going to do. All right, so you may remember a couple of these preseason games that the Packers have played outside of the U.S., couple of them in Canada, in Toronto in 1997, in Winnipeg in 2019. Remember, that's when they had to shorten the field because of the goalposts uh, creating a hazard for the players on the CFL field. They also played in Tokyo in 1998. Now, let's go into the Wayback Machine, and here's where the sort of uh, playing outside of the United States comes into play, because the Packers are the most historical franchise in football, and they're playing another one today, the New York Giants, and the Chicago Bears, which is a statistic that we'll get to in a second. But on Christmas Day in 1932, and then a week later, New Year's Day 1933, the Packers played two games as part of a team-sanctioned barnstorming trip in Hawaii to play two local teams. 
Now, you're saying outside of the United States. Well, Hawaii, of course, is one of the 50 states. What are you talking about? At the time, Hawaii was a territory of the United States. That's where the sort of comes into play. Earlier this week, I caught up with longtime Packers reporter Bill Huber, who covers the team for Sports Illustrated. I asked him what his thoughts were about the Packers' win over the Patriots last Sunday. The bottom line, a win is a win. Three and one is still three and one. But at the end of the day... It's Aaron Rodgers against Brian Hoyer. Then it becomes Aaron Rodgers against Bailey Zappi, who probably no one in Green Bay had ever heard of until you know five minutes <laughs> after he came in the game. I mean, under those circumstances, you'd, you expect, and you probably should expect, right, a a blowout. Uh, I, I think it was disappointing that everybody in the stadium knew the Patriots are going to run the ball. That was, would have been the game plan before the game and certainly after Hoyer went out and they still couldn't stop us. That's that's concerning. The offense sunk up the joint for the first half before they got going. So, yeah, there's uh, it, it was not artistic fannies. But you look at the, at the end of the game, Green Bay, well, I think, was plus 170 in yards. They had twice as many third-down conversions, twice as many 20-yard plays. So if you look at the numbers by the end of the game, Green Bay kind of dominated the game. Um, obviously, we knew that was not really the case. So, as, as Mark Twain said about lies, damn lies and statistics. I think that was the uh, the personification of that phrase. Yeah, liars use statistics, but statistics tell lies, or something like that. Um, the NFL schedule used to be so clean when it was sixteen games. Now that it's seventeen, there's not a true quarter pull yet. I suppose until after the first fifteen minutes of the game in London. But let's, for the sake of argument, say that the Packers right now are at the first quarter poll. What have we learned about this team 20, not quite 25% of the way through the season? Yeah, I was going to write my one quarter of the way through the story and publish it at, you know, the, the 12.50 mark Perfect. in the second quarter on, on Sunday. So maybe I, maybe I won't do that. Um, we've learned nothing. Aren't these guys exactly what you thought they'd be? The defense is pretty good. Maybe really good at times. Uh, the running game is really good at times. The passing game is, yeah, kind of okay sometimes. Kind of not. It, they're exactly what you thought they'd be. I, I don't think anybody thought Elton Jenkins would come up on ACL and kick everyone's rump, and he hasn't. Uh, I don't think anybody thought Bakhtiari would come off an ACL and kick anybody's rump, and he hasn't. I don't think anybody thought that you know Romeo Dobbs was putting up 100 yard games, and he hasn't. You know, it's and the defense has been fine. Rashawn Gary's been who we thought we were. It's like I was telling one of the, my colleagues the other day, we're just waiting for something, a trend breaker, good or bad, because it's like we've written the same story since July, right? There's, there's nothing. What's different? Unless you watched a lot of Mountain West football, Bill, you probably never heard, I certainly didn't, of Romeo Dobbs until the Packers drafted him in the fourth round last spring. He starts making plays in training camp. Do you remember another player that's had a similar impact that's come seemingly out of nowhere to almost instant impact player? Yeah, certainly not at receiver. Um, you know, Devontae was pretty good at times his, his rookie year, but you know, he was a second-round draft pick. You know, Dobbs being in the fourth is different. I mean, he, was, he really stood out, though, from, from the offseason work and through training camp, and he was really good for, through most of that stuff. So that he's been as good as he has, I don't think it's been any surprise. Um, the guy could be great, right? But, you know, this, it's the state of the offense where you, you just have to suffer with some of the stuff. If it was, look, imagine if Marquez Belda Scantling last year um, on his first catch of each of his last two games, imagine if he fumbled those. And, and imagine if he dropped a pass in the end zone that might have won the game, right? People have been all over him. but it's, and, and Aaron Rodgers might have been, maybe to himself, but might have been frustrated beyond the belief. But he's a rookie and he almost, I don't say he gets a free pass, but, um, 
because they need him so much and because he has done some really impressive things, you just kind of deal with it, right? I mean, he's been, those are some huge mistakes he's made, you know? In that same vein, I want to ask you about Christian Watson, though, too. Obviously, the first pass that was ever thrown to him in his NFL career was an easy touchdown reception that he promptly dropped. But have we seen some signs of life from him? I know he had the jet sweep that went for the touchdown last Sunday at Lambeau Field against the Patriots. Are we starting to see something from the second-round pick that they traded up to get? Um, Nothing statistically speaking. I mean, there are times if you go back and look at the rewatch the game where he's like he's got his guy beat. He's just so big and fast, and he's got his guy beat and for whatever reason. Rodgers hasn't seen him, um, so there's there's been plays. I mean, it just hasn't shown up yet. I think it's going to at some point. Man, the guy is the guy is some kind of talented. But I think you know for the the draft mix out there, I think we knew that he did drop some passes in college, more so early in his career than late. Um, yeah, certainly one play is not going to define what he's going to do, and it's not going to impact anything this year. But. Um, is he going to get it this he, he year? Is he right? is he is yeah. he going to be an impact player this year? Do you think, considering yeah, that there I, is that opportunity? So. Yeah, because of the opportunity. I mean, is he going to be, you know, ten targets a game? Like like you know, Dobbs has been ten targets a game, or or, or there are both. He's you know may, maybe not, um, but he's just got that skill set that nobody else has. And not that he's Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's they're different players, but Valdez Scantling had that game breaking tour. He could beat you deep on every play. And defenses had to worry about that. You know, Watson's got that same gift that even if he's not getting the ball, he impacts defenses because I mean, he's a touchdown waiting to happen. So, yeah, there, there will be impact plays. He will have impacts without even making plays. Um, he's going to come out and catch 60 passes the rest of the year. Yeah, probably not, but, yeah, better days are ahead for him, and, and they're going to need him. I've said this all along, and this isn't any great wisdom on my part. For these guys to win a championship, it's going to be up to Dobbs and Watson because Lazard's a good player and Cobb isn't pretty darn good, but those guys – there's no upside there. Everybody knows what those guys have, and they're, they're not going to be us have a play here and there. They're not game breaking guys. Those rookies are where the game game breaking potential is. So they've they've got to develop not so much for Sunday, but you know, come to November, December, and January. I want to talk about David Bakhtiari for a second. Um, what was his final snap count on Sunday? What did you take away from his performance against the Patriots? Seventy out of seventy three. I thought he was really good. Um, you know, grading on the curve that he hasn't played. Um, he's got limited practice reps and all that stuff. He's he was I mean, the guy is just a, a marvel. Um, you know, if you remember the, the Detroit game last year, where he played the 27 snaps, he hadn't been on the field in a year, and he threw a shuttle against the Lions. Now, of course, the Lions aren't great now, but he played 27 snaps of fabulous football, and that's that's what the guy is. He can to exaggerate. The guy can roll out of bed and pass for like nobody. Um, so he'll get better. He'll get better run wise. He'll get better with picking up things. You know, he got beat inside once uh, on that third on completion to Cobb. He got beat inside pretty bad. He'll get better, but man, the guy is such a marvel that he can have such a gigantic long layoff and just come out and be a winning factor. The guy's the guy's amazing. Are they going to move Elton Jenkins over to left guard to pair him next to Bakhtiari? Because it seems as though if everyone's healthy, that might be their best configuration. Yeah, I don't know, Doug. Um, I wrote, I wrote about this last night. Over the set over at SI. Um, I don't know how many snaps Yash Naman has played at right tackle. Um, remember, I, I, I don't remember his rookie year too much. 2020, he was only a left tackle outside of a snap here or two here or there. 2021, of course, Bakhtiari's out, so he played nothing but left tackle. 2022, training camp, Bakhtiari's out. He played, he played nothing but left tackle. To expect him to go play right tackle, to me, seems far fetched, and there's not a lot of practice reps this time of year. 
Um, and then there's the elephant in the room of David Bakhtiari. How can you, if, if Yash Naman is your second best left tackle, and you're not super sold that Bakhtiari is going to make it to the year, but he's, he's going to prove it week after week that he can get through this thing. Can you really have your backup plan at left tackle being taking out all this right, reps at right tackle to get ready? I don't know. Um, so I guess the point is, is Naman one of your best five linemen? Yes. But is he one of your best five linemen if he's playing right tackle? And that I have no idea whatsoever. From Sports Illustrated, Packers beat writer Bill Huber joining us here on the Packers game day edition of the Doug Russell podcast. Time now for our Eye on the Enemy segment. The Giants have a first-year head coach. His name is Brian Dable. He was asked this week about scheming against Aaron Rodgers. Challenging. I mean, he's one of the best to ever do it. He's, again, much like I said about some of the other really good players, he's He's fun to watch when you're not getting ready to play him. And I'll, I'll be watching their offense, and you know, naturally you're just watching 12 and things he does and how he moves people and the accuracy and off-schedule plays and you know checks and things he does. I mean, he's, he's as good as it gets, um, and he's a hard quarterback to defend. Um, he's impressive. With, um, with Robinson and Tony, obviously you guys have, have dealt with you know, some issues and injuries at receiver. Do you have to guard against wanting to rush them back and, and putting too much on their plate out of necessity compared to, you know, obviously not wanting to rush them back because they haven't done too much recently? Yeah, I would say that our philosophy is not to rush anybody back, um, to make sure the player is feels comfortable where they're at in their mind in a mental spot, but also physically make sure that they're, they're ready to go and can go out there and do the things we need them to do to be a successful part of whether it's offense, defense, and the kicking game. And I think that's important. I mean, this is a, as everybody knows, this is a tough sport to play, and you have to have, you know, again, you're going to have nicks and bruises and things like that, but, you know, the health and the safety of our guys are, are important to us. After the game on Sunday, you, you guys have obviously been purposeful with your game plan, especially offensively, and you, you said after the game that. You know, because of the way the game plan was working, you didn't feel like it was smart to move away from the bootlegs with Daniel, and that played into the factor of why he was on you know, the sideline. Is it? Is there any difference? Obviously, health is number one, but going into a game where you can actually game plan, knowing what you're dealing with with your quarterback, rather than kind of subbing him back into a game plan that you had already built around a healthy quarterback. Yeah, I'd say if they're if they're out there and they're going to be ready to play, um, you know, obviously as a coach you want to put them in the best position as you can, whether that's dropbacks, runs, play action, boot, you, you do that as a coach. Um, if a guy's coming back from injury, you're not going to put a guy out there that you think is, is not ready to go um, as a coach. So if they're ready to go and, and they're out there, then they're able to do the things that we need them to do for that week. Um, and you know that changes, you know, one plan hasn't been the same as the next, hasn't been the same as the next. So yeah, do you take something into that account? Yeah, certainly you do. Um, but you want guys to be able to, sorry, uh, you want guys to be able to execute what you need to execute in order to give yourself a chance to win. New York Giants head coach Brian Dable in our Eye on the Enemy segment. Time now to check in with Mark Daniels from WNFL Radio in Green Bay. He's actually, as I record this, in London, but the day before he left to hop the pond as they speak, I had a chance to catch up with him in Green Bay. 
the Packers choosing to go over on Thursday. It's a quick trip. I know it's going to be a quick trip for you as well. I'll ask you what your sleep strategy is because I was peppering some of the players about it too. That seems to be, at least for me, that's the biggest hurdle to perhaps having a permanent team in London, which is something that I know the NFL has been interested in. Uh, I think they're a ways away from that. But, uh, yeah, I've made a lot of trips on airplanes over the years, coming back Sunday nights after games or, you know, early Monday. Uh, and I've never had a problem just closing the eyes and shutting it down on a plane. Uh, as weird as that sound, I've always been able to sleep because a lot of these road trips I've covered over the years, I've had to because I go right back to work early in the morning every week and every Monday, I should say. So, uh, you know, my pl- my personal plan is, uh, you know, once I leave Chicago for the big flight, I'm just going to settle in um, a paperback or a movie, get me drowsy. I should be able to get probably as much as I do on, to tell you the truth, far too many weeknights, you know, four and a half, maybe five if I'm lucky, uh, and then get after it. That's the uh, danger of being a morning drive anchor in radio, which I've done for a long time as well. Thankfully, I'm not doing that right now, and I I don't have to deal with the sleep patterns that you have to. As far as how big of a game this is, it seems like there's two different camps. There's the coach's camp. We heard from Matt LaFleur saying, you know, I don't really want to tell you exactly what I really think of all of this. And then there's Aaron Rodgers who says, yeah, we've all been looking forward to this. We all can't wait to get over there. Yeah, it's two schools of thought. Coaches are just so focused only on the game, and the players uh, obviously want to just be able to at least accept, if not take in, some of the surroundings of this event. Uh, Packers are the last team to do an international game, and it's their first trip abroad, so these guys are really excited. LaFleur's a grinder. He's a coach. Even when he was assistant, he said he never left his hotel room. He was just, you know, grinding away, getting ready for the game, and that's what he's going to do. I don't know how strict the team is going to be about sightseeing and, you know, restaurants and the like, but uh, I'm sure they'll give them some wiggle room. They should. Uh, It's part of the whole experience. I think they'll be focused when they have to be focused. Aaron Rodgers has been over to Europe a number of times. Aaron Jones says this is the first time that he's ever been over there. I was a little bit surprised. This is his sixth year in the NFL. He's been making money for a while if he wanted to go over there uh, in the offseason. But for the newcomers, the ones that have never been over there, I mean, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward to seeing? Uh, Again, just kind of take in the sights and absorb the the history and uh, the grandeur of the place. It is one of the remarkable cities in the world. Uh, And uh, that's one of the reasons I'm so anxious uh, to look it over. Uh, So I think there's a lot of that. As well, but they do understand this. They're getting paid handsomely to play football, and you know, from eight thirty central to you know eleven thirty central or so, they better be into it. The Packers have won games in different ways, certainly through the first uh, four weeks of the season. Not quite the quarter poll. There used to be a quarter poll after four games, but they are three and one. We have the first quarter on Sunday. That's the exact quarter poll, right? Four and a quarter. Yes, precisely. We'll all hit the yeah. hit that quarter poll. But through the first four games, I mean, this is a team that offensively has struggled, but they still won against the Buccaneers, for example. Uh, they struggled defensively a little bit last year, with, or last week, I should say, with Bailey Zappi uh, as their quarterback, making his NFL debut. At the quote-unquote quarter poll, what do you make of this team so far? They're 
a lot better off than just about all of the other NFL teams who have had the same things happening to them. Developing consistency when you do not play in August, it doesn't happen in two games uh, or three, and in most cases, four. Uh, Rams are so up and down. They're the defending champions. Buccaneers, you know, they've dropped a couple. Uh, but the Packers, you know, along with a few others, have survived uh, the first month. They get three out of four and putting themselves in a good position to continue to build on it. I tell you, Doug, from this weekend until Halloween is now when we're going to really see what teams look like they have good teams, in my opinion, uh, regardless of some matchups. I know there's a lot that goes into when you play teams and stuff, but I think the, the, the players for the playoffs will start to emerge, and I still believe these guys are one of them. It has been so clean-looking on offense one first half in Tampa to so ugly-looking to another in New England at Lambeau last week, but that is, they figure things out and move the ball after that. So, And the defense, good day stop on the run one day, not so good the next, and they better be on point, obviously, this weekend. So it's just you see flashes on both sides of the ball. It has not all coalesced into a perfect game or even a complete game, uh, but I think there are signs that I'm seeing that are getting them in that direction. If there's one thing that you can pick on that you would say, this has surprised me positively, what would it be? Same thing, same question. What would surprise you negatively so far? Positively, Rashawn Gary, playing like a first-team all-pro edge rusher in the NFL. I haven't seen many guys dominate linemen in four consecutive Sundays the way this guy has so far. Um, I think the emergence of Dobbs. Yeah, the learning curve is stark, isn't it? Fumbles. Here, touchdowns there, tough yards there. Uh, he's really picking it up on the fly and becoming, I think, a really pleasant surprise for this team. A little disappointed in the O-line depth. That's just been so disheveled, so much uncertainty that I just don't think that's been a real cohesive unit. I know they're protecting well. I know Jones, I think more because of his game-breaking ability, is, is making plays. What did he have, 13 missed tackles in, I think, the Bear game? So uh, that's got to get solidified. And again, I think they're on the right track. The more Jenkins and Bakhtiari get snaps together and whether the place for Elton is inside or outside, that's to be determined. So those kinds of things. The hit and miss, run fits, tackling, that pops up every now and then is is concerning. But generally speaking, the secondary against lesser casts than the Vikings in three consecutive games of quarterback and perimeter players have been able to shut it down. I mean, they're what, sixth offensively, fifth defensively, and three and one. I, I, there's a baseline here that, that tells me these guys can, can function and win games, and they're finding ways to win. That's all you need to do right now. Enjoy Big Ben, enjoy Parliament, enjoy your fish and chips, say hi to the king for me, and enjoy tea. Tally-ho there, Dougie. Longtime Packers reporter Mark Daniels from WNFL Radio in Green Bay. He is in London covering the uh, game this weekend between the Packers and the New York Giants. All right, as soon as they landed, there were some media availabilities for the Packers, specifically head coach Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. We'll hear from the coach coming up in just a few minutes. But the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, normally we play his Wednesday media availability, but he doesn't normally do a Friday media avail, especially after making the trip from Green Bay to London. Let's hear from Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to watch the U.S. national team tonight. But... uh... Obviously, the Lionesses are the Euro champs, is that right? So, it's a friendly, but hopefully it's competitive. Yeah, I want to get out and see the city a little bit. We obviously came here later in the week, so not as much time. Not sure about tomorrow. Tomorrow I might just relax a little bit. How do you spoke about 
knock yourself out some to get through the night and see how is it for my husband? I wore the wrong color socks. I uh, wore black socks and in the dark and in the you know the bed made for probably a six foot person. I'm slightly above that. I got my feet hit a couple times, but no, overall it's good. I got some sleep, and I'm just going to try and stay up as late as possible tonight. I mean, I love the idea. I know there's talk years and years ago about uh, a, a team in London, and I don't know if that's still in the conversation, but uh, a lot of great venues around London. That's kind of why I wanted to go uh, to Wembley. Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated joining us later on today. It's the, the Packers and the so Giants. And the Giants are team with their own injury situation. And, uh, Last week with Daniel Jones out and Tyrod Taylor knocked out, they had to use Saquon Barkley out of a Wildcat of, you know, offense formation for a time. Their first-year coach, Brian Dable, was asked this week, among other things, in our game segment, what it's been like for him game planning against Aaron Rodgers. Which is even better. But it's about time we're here. Aaron, teams in the U.S. are owned by a club owner. And the Packers have a special situation that they like the soccer clubs in Europe. We talked about the development. Can you explain why Packers are different in that world? We're not lining, yeah, we're not lining the pockets of a billionaire owner. Uh, <laughs> we... Uh, uh, we don't have an owner. We're the only major North American sports team without a true owner. Uh, there's a lot of uh, shareholders, um, but it, the team is really owned by the city, and it makes a really close uh, bond between citizens of Green Bay and really the region, the state of Wisconsin, and the and the Packers organization. So it's really special bond. It's it's unique. I believe there's a team in uh, in a major sport in uh, in Europe that has a similar situation, but. We're the only team in North America like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't buy one personally. I had one bought for me, which was cool. Uh, but I, so I guess I own the team I play on. Our practice schedule was way different today. It was more of a jog through. Um, you know, with the amount of sleep that certain people got and maybe the lack of sleep other people, we just want to be careful with our legs out there. Usually Friday is like a fast Friday, so it's three quick live periods. It was much, obviously, the tempo was jogged through today, which is different. Uh, there's a lot of analytics that goes into every decision, maybe too many at times, uh, and, and common sense uh, from time to time is the most important thing to follow, and I think we did a good job of following that today. It'll be important that we all take care of business and stay awake, so we can get on the, on the as close to possible on, on the time change here. But but I feel good about the preparation we put in. We got two good days of work in Wednesday, Thursday before we flew out here yesterday. So um, feel good about where we're at. You know about the famous Lambo League. Yeah. I might have to tag somebody in for me. <laughs> I'm getting a little old for that. But I, I got to see the wall. I don't know how high the wall is. If it's above maybe five feet, I'd probably let one of the linemen go. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've uh, been a fan of uh, the Premier League for a long time, so obviously I'm aware of uh, what kind of fans 
that uh, Europe and especially the UK has. Um, been a fan of uh, many, many uh, soccer players that have come over to the MLS. I had a random encounter um, with Steven Gerrard uh, when he was playing for the Galaxy. And it was one of the rare times in life where I was starstruck. And we were just in, like, a, a shop in, in Beverly Hills. I was getting, getting an outfit for the ESPYs or something, and, and I just was stunned. I was like, oh, my God. And I looked around. I'm like, nobody, you know, knows who he is. I think it must have been nice for him to be able to, to, to be over in the States and, and have some anonymity because of the fame that he has for his uh, career over here. But uh, on that note, you know, I just I'm excited to be here. This has been something that we want to do for a long time, but like I said in the opener, uh, we have a great fan base and we travel well, so it's hard for teams to want to give up a, uh, a home game when Green Bay is coming to town. And obviously we play at one of the most iconic spots in all the sports at Lambeau Field. So it's nice to, to be to be here. The schedule, look, it's not a big deal. We, uh, it's just fun to, to enjoy it. This is one of those games I think at the end of your career, you know, when you think back on it, it's going to be a special moment to be able to play in front of, uh, in front of the fans here. I think I'll probably be pretty good. Probably blend in pretty good. Given the expectations of the crowd in a game like this, where I'm sure it wasn't the same, you would probably like to see you air it out for the whole game, whereas as Matt was saying, maybe the run game will be prominent for, for both teams. Do you feel any sort of extra need or desire to go out and entertain the crowd in a game like this by airing it out a bit more, or, or is that not great? Yeah, hell yeah, of course, yeah. Matt's kind of in a grumpy mood right now, so when he, you know, when he gets a little bit of rest, you know, we'll be in a better mood. We'll talk about airing it out a little bit more. No good. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of we play a lot of those types of, of fields. I think it's interesting to look at some of the numbers around injuries on grass compared to uh, artificial grass. Uh, they do a good job, I think, the standard, but the standard isn't the same across the ball. So I think if we're going to keep doing artificial grass, there needs to be maybe a little bit uh, uh, tighter standard uh, uniformity, um, really on grass fields, I think, and on, on artificial grass. But uh, Tottenham's pitch is obviously very important to them, and we'll play on whatever they put down. Be loud. Be loud. Show up. Be loud. Uh, it's exciting for all of us. You know, a lot of guys, it's funny, uh, I've been fortunate enough to do some traveling, but so many guys have never really left uh, North America. You know, a couple, multiple guys I was talking to, maybe been to Canada, maybe been to Mexico, but never, you know, got across the Atlantic. So exciting for them to come over here. And I think it's, you know, I've been around, I've uh, been around the world a little bit. And I've been to Packer bars in different countries. I went to one in, uh, in Paris. And what it tells you is that this sport has a big reach. And I think it's a good perspective moment for all of our guys to see how special it is the opportunity that we have to play a game that has worldwide reach. And it's the Super Bowl's broadcast in over 100 countries and millions and millions of people. Um, so just embrace that fact that this is so rare 
uh, to be able to come over, uh, you know, in a different country and entertain fans that are waking up early or staying up late watching, you know, watching our games and, and uh, trying to put on a show for you guys. Yeah, I think it's great. I think, I think it's it's something that I think we need to keep doing. I think it'll be interesting to kick around a franchise at some point. Uh, I'm sure the league has had some conversations about that. Might make for some interesting travel uh, issues with maybe West Coast teams at times, but. Uh, it's fun to, to grow the game. We've played in Mexico. There's games in Canada. There's been games in, in obviously, uh, England. The NFL Europe used to be heavily in, in Germany, and everybody who played in that loved it, had a great time. The reach of the NFL is is uh, ever-expanding, but I think we've got something special in uh, in England with the games at Wembley and, and now the games at, uh, at Tottenham. Uh, we're just excited to be here and a lot of us who love to travel, you know, we're kind of hoping for a Monday takeoff so we can enjoy, you know, some food and, and some culture and maybe a Premier League game. But either way, we're excited to be here, and, and this is not just a normal road trip, even though the coaches speak as always, hey, we're here to win a game, yada, yada, yada. This is, uh, this is definitely more special. I mean, i got to run one in, so we'll see. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, I mean, I had a couple last year, but if I run run one in for sure. You mentioned soccer. City. <laughs> They've been good to me. They sent me a lot of kits, the gear. <laughs> they played at Lambo this year. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy I enjoy City. And uh, honestly, I got I got into it watching uh, the documentary about the team and, and enjoying just the way Pep handled the team and his coaching style. But I was a fan of Gerard and, and the Reds for a while. Aaron, concussions are a big topic right now in the NFL. What is? Concussions yeah. are again a big topic right now in the NFL. Yeah. Joe Borrow talked about this week in the locker room that maybe in college he don't remember some of his games. Uh, I, watched, I, watched, I watched through your, your game logs. I saw you know, maybe had one or two as well. Um, I do think it's enough. I just think we have to police ourselves uh, as well and be smart about that. Players want to be out there, but we need to think about our long-term uh, health, and I think we all know the difference between getting rocked and getting concussed. There is definitely a, a difference. I've had a few on the field. And there's a difference between getting getting nailed and, and going to the sidelines and, you know, maybe your jaw hurts, your neck's hurting a little bit, and, and actually having a concussion. So I don't know what else the NFL can do, honestly. And, and I'm not always defending the NFL in, in every decision that they make, um, which I think every topic should be up for discussion. When it comes to this, there's independent people on the sidelines who are watching for those hits. There's... Uh, You know, protocol that has to that has to happen if a guy you know has uh, has a ding and they got to go in the tent and be evaluated by multiple people. Um, I think that there needs to be a closer eye on those uh, particular plays. Obviously, watching the play with Tua back, you go back to the previous week, you saw him kind of stumble after a hit. I think we all know what was going on there, and 
And for Tua, you know, I, I understand the predicament. You want to be out there and keep playing. Um, but we all got to think about our long-term health because we know uh, the effects of uh, CTE has been well documented. Now there's more research around it. Um, but I don't know what else the league can do. Uh, they're trying to, you know, pull guys off the field. There's, like I said, there's multiple people watching for specific head injuries. Uh, we got to police ourselves too. Not, not pros, no. Maybe flag football. Yeah. Thanks for watching the show. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the pay like? There is a league right now in Europe, you know that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had uh, there were some guys from Cal who I played with and that coached us that came over and, and did some coaching in uh, in Italy I believe at one point. Uh, but uh, I brought up NFL Europe because they still had it when I was a young player, and everybody loved it. You know, just the opportunity to travel, to be in a different country, and then the accessibility to get to different countries when you're already over here um, was a great experience. Now, the NFL, obviously, is about dollars and cents, and they were losing some money, supposedly, but uh, but I thought it was great for the league because you got a great opportunity for guys after the season was over to who didn't play a whole lot to get action, to show you uh, – uh, what they could do, and I felt like the level of play was probably higher than some of these other leagues that they've been trying to put together. Um, not to mention, you're giving these guys real experience, you know, we are experiencing other cultures. I think that's the thing that we learn personally, speaking for myself, when you go to different countries and experience different cultures and foods and people and lifestyles and history, it actually brings you closer together because you realize that there's, there's less differences between us than we might be told to think, and I think it's great if we can get our guys, like our guys have talked about, have never been, you know, maybe been to Canada once or Mexico once, to get them out of the country, to experience life in other places. And uh, I think it can only help our perspective uh, and, and give us that understanding how special this opportunity is that we get to do and maybe to cherish it a little, a little more because we are inspiring other people and even other fans in other countries. Time for two more. Oh, Wembley. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a fantastic place. But um, I would like to go to, you know, multiple Premier League games. Um, but going to, like, City United would be kind of right at the top of the list. Or, you know, watching... You know, one of my favorite bands at, at Wembley. Just basically anything at Wembley. Tonight will be awesome, you know, to, to watch that friendly. But uh, I think there's a lot of great uh, great venues around here. It's some of the smaller ones, too. Uh, smaller venues, you know, the fans are so... Uh, they care about their team so much, you know, live and die with it. And I think it's been good for the States to see a show like Ted Lasso, you know, uh, it's been, you know, there's been a lot of different things that have that have increased the uh, the participation in soccer, and it's things like uh, watching the documentary about City, or 
having some of the top players from the Premier League and and, uh, and some of the other leagues come over and play in the MLS, our team, the national team, to improve a little bit better. Obviously, our women have had a great run over the years, but um, but it's good for uh, the sport of soccer in our country when um, when we're exposed to a little bit more of that uh, that beautiful sport. I did, yeah. I got to go in the locker room and meet Holland and De Bruyne, uh, do some jersey swaps. They got an interesting coaching staff. A lot of Spaniards on that staff are pretty damn funny. And But uh, but Pep was great. Uh, and it was fun to just like have an event like that at Lambeau where you know, every now and then we might get, you know, we've had some interesting concerts over the years at Lambeau. And, but we don't get a lot of, you know, big-time acts come through our our tiny town. So to have uh, Bayern Munich and, and City play there was really cool for all of us. Yeah, they've run, I think they're number one in the league in rushing, so I would assume they're going to try and shorten the game a little bit. Uh, I'm a big fan of Saquon, and Hart definitely went out to him the last couple of years dealing with some serious injuries. What you're seeing now is what you saw from him in his rookie year when he led the league in, in yards from scrimmage. Um, but he's a great kid, uh, humble, and hell of a player. Defensively, you know, Wink Martindale is their coordinator. Went against him last year against, at Baltimore. I have a ton of respect for him. He has a unique scheme where he does a lot of different things, throws a lot of different fronts, pressures, uh, uh, coverages behind those pressures. So we just have to be really good in reacting, uh, trusting uh, our instincts post-snap. And then we got to do what we've been doing successfully. We've had halves of certain games we've really played well, and the other half has usually been pretty bad. So we got to try and put together four quarters and put on a show for uh, for the fans in the stadium, and hopefully it'll be uh, predominantly green and gold. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, after making the trip across the pond from Green Bay to London on Thursday into Friday, also meeting the media, Matt Lafleur, Packers head coach. What time is it? I'm trying to figure it out right now. Okay. I mean, I think we'll have a better indication after practice, but um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. And some guys were able to sleep and other guys weren't able to sleep. And that's just part of it. A little bit. I don't know. Am I coming across as cranky? Not yet. Not yet. All right. Now I'm. I'm used to. I'm not worried about us as coaches. Uh, probably should be, but um, you know we're used to not getting much sleep, so not too much out of the ordinary. Yeah, I think it's going to be. Um, you know, one of the keys to the game, I think, especially when you look at from New York's perspective in terms of some of the adversity they're facing from an offensive standpoint, obviously uh, missing some key pieces. And then uh, Daniel Jones, is whether or not he plays, and he's a little banged up right now. So um, that's the number one rushing unit in all of ball. So it's going to be absolutely critical. And then we got to do a good job because uh, our backs are two of our best players. So we've got to get those guys involved. And then I think if you look at New York's defense, 
situationally, they're, they're one of the best in ball, both in the red zone and on third down. So uh, the running game can alleviate just some of the stress that gets put on you in those situations if you're not running the ball effectively. Yeah, I think it's always it's that's what we're always trying to do, and um, you know each game has has its own set of challenges, and um, you know, but certainly that's that's the goal each and every week is to get out there and start fast, and hopefully play play from while you're ahead, and um, you know, unfortunately, it hasn't always gone that way for us this year. Well, you you try to you try to keep everything uh, just with your process. You want to stay in your rhythm, um, but it certainly has felt anything but normal. Um, we definitely we, we made some adjustments that I think were good in terms of we installed the entire plan in all three phases before we left. That way, uh, we, we, our guys kind of got a little bit of a sneak peek. Um, yesterday in practice with some of the red zone stuff, which we traditionally leave for Fridays. Um, but just knowing that, you know, getting off a plane, um, not much sleep, the, uh, just anticipating the attention span in those meetings is probably not going to be what it normally is. So it was important for us to at least install the plan and then we'll, we'll walk through today. So it's, nothing's going to be full speed today. Um, and that's that's just how we adjusted. <laughs> you said that I didn't. I love our fans. Our fans are the best in the world. Period. There's there's been a time or two where they, we get that go pack go chant when we're in a critical situation at the end of the game last week and you're trying to quiet them down. But, um, no, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. But you may have people in the stands now that don't understand all that stuff. So did you have to practice anything before getting kind of silent stuff this Yeah, our guys are used to working the silent count, and I think any time that you're playing a neutral site game that you got to account for that and be ready for that situation to arise. In terms of our positive mentality and mindset, who who you been talking to? <laughs> Not always positive. I try to be, but um, no, it's just yeah. It's basically, um, you know, we talk about competitive greatness, being your best when your best is re- required, regardless of the circumstance. And this is the circumstance we're faced. So. Uh, you know, we gotta we gotta handle it the best way possible. And thankfully, our guys have done such a great job. Of I think our guys are. If you ask our team, they're excited to be here. Um, they're ready to play. Uh, just to change it up a little bit. I think a, a lot of our players, it's their first experience over here, and so um, you know, I, I think they're really excited for it.
Yeah, I'd say it's it's pretty different um, today in terms of just. I would equate this the feeling and the preparation more towards a Thursday night game than your typical, uh, you know, seven days off or even six days for that matter. This has more of a Thursday type feel in terms of how we went about our practice. Now it was great that we did get one full day of of full speed work yesterday or what was that like eight hours ago or something um so we we did get some full speed work in see you you, you guys have tricked me into giving our whole game plan out <laughs> no i know that's that's what i figured we're already to this point now so it doesn't matter um so go ahead sorry Yeah, so a typical Friday would have a couple red zone periods where we're going full speed. Um, and then we, we like to take off the back half of practice, and it's, it's more of a jog-through tempo, whereas today it's, it's all going to be jog-through. Not, we're not out there quite as long as we, we typically are. Um, I think it's just important to be real intentional about our work, be out there, uh, make it short, try to keep the guys focused, and then let them do whatever they want to do in terms of uh, going to see London or whatever. But the key for our guys is we, we got to keep them up past a certain time. We don't want them to go take a nap right after this and then be all kind of out of whack for the game. I can't tell you that. I will tomorrow, though. You just gave me chills thinking about that, man. Uh, no, it's going to be great. It's uh, it's a great opportunity for for us to represent our brand, and um, you know the Packer brand is is definitely strong. So, we'll, I'm hoping we see a lot of Packer jerseys out there tomorrow, and and the fans will be nice and loud. We got one right here. I love it. Look good in that. Well, Smash is still in the. Uh, the protocol so we'll see where he's at um and then you know we'll see how jair gets through through practice schneidman is he here he's not here huh that was for him i'm not no no totally focused on the game and it's just there's there's some stuff i want to make sure that um from a game planning standpoint that we're we're squared away with, but I'll let the other guys uh, do what they got to do, and hopefully I can get over here in the summertime. Show up in force and be really, really loud. I want it to. I want it to feel like how when when we watch you know the some of the Premier League uh, soccer games and. Um, or football. I don't want to disrespect soccer out there, but um, especially when we're on defense and when we score, okay? But when we're on offense, keep it nice and quiet. Coach, obviously lots of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of pressure specifically. What, what are your thoughts on facing him and sort of really that front seven? Yeah, anytime you go against a, a defense coach by Wink, it's a great challenge, and 
I've had a few bad experiences in my career. I, I know a couple of years back in Tennessee, he really put it on us. I think we had barely over 100 yards of offense, and it was it was probably one of the most humbling moments in my career in terms of just, um, I mean, we got it taken to us. So I think he does a, a just a great job of keeping you off balance. You really aren't quite sure what you're going to get. It's so game plan driven. We played them last year, and um, they had a lot of adversity they were facing. They had a lot of guys out, and uh, he had a a very unique game plan in terms of he was going to take uh, number seventeen away for us, and and um, so it just you, you're not quite sure what you're going to get. But some of the looks he presents to you. Definitely gives you some big-time challenges, especially in the pass game with some of the protections. Also in the run game because we know that at any time he could bring both corners off the edge or, you know, just give you some some really tough looks. So, um, but I, I like the I like the plan we have. Now we got to go out there and execute and just be ready to adjust. How much their secondary? Yeah, I think it, it. I mean, anytime you lose players in this league, um, it, it presents more of a challenge. You're, you're talking about less experienced players. I mean, there's a reason why guys are starters in the first place. So you, you never want to lose your starters. So it definitely. I mean, every team in the league has challenges, though. It's it's every week. Yeah, well, you just gotta you gotta take your best guess at it and have um, a good plan in case it goes in another direction. And and I think our defensive coaches have done a nice job with that. Yeah, I think you know you you try to learn from from every experience, but uh, you know this personnel is a little bit different. Obviously, different scheme, and um, you know you just be ready to adjust. No, I don't think so. I think uh, every week is there's pressure on you to perform, and so you you can never take it for granted in this league. The the competitive balance is and the parity is is um, there's not a lot that separates these teams. So you see it on a weekly basis. Teams that you would never expect to win, win, and, and vice versa. So you have to go out there. you got to perform to your best each and every time you step on the field. And our guys know that. We realize that. And we got a lot of respect for not only the players of, of the Giants, and uh, but also the coaching staff. And, um, I mean, they're 3-1 and one for a reason. And they've put some good tape out there for people to watch. I think it's more uh, from uh, you're talking offensively, obviously. I think it's more from our quarterback standpoint. I think a lot of people have a different plan for him. And that's the one thing that you, you kind of get used to along the way is you really truly don't know what to expect. And so you better have answers for what you think potentially or, or whichever way it could go. Um, you know, I, I remember – going back to year one, always talking about tendencies with Aaron, and he would always kind of laugh at me. And I was like, well, I mean, that's what they're showing on tape. And 
it, it didn't take long to realize I know why he's laughing because just because they show that doesn't mean they're going to do that. And so you, you better have well-thought-out plans. You better understand where areas where you've been hurt in the past. And, and you, you definitely want to know the background of, of whoever you're going against uh, in some regard just to, uh, you know, give you something to prepare for. But you, you always got to just be ready to adjust at a moment's notice. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Don't forget, coming up on Sunday morning, you can catch the Packers and the Giants, starting with my pregame show starting at 4 a.m. on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and throughout the state of Wisconsin. The game doesn't kick off until 8.30 a.m. with Wayne Larravee and Larry McCarran and John Kuhn on the sidelines again on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee and throughout the state of Wisconsin. If you are outside of Wisconsin, if you're outside of the Milwaukee area and you still want to listen to the live play-by-play of Wayne's call and uh, and Larry and John on the sidelines, uh, you need a desktop computer or a laptop computer. It doesn't work on tablets. It doesn't work on iPhones. It doesn't work on mobile devices. NFL rules, not iHeartRadio's rules or anything like that. But if you do have a desktop or a laptop computer, go to 97.3thegame.com. Again, that's 97.3thegame.com, and you can listen live that way. All right, that'll do it for this edition, this game day edition, game weekend edition of the Doug Russell Podcast. It's the Packers and the Giants. We'll talk to you next time. Have a great weekend.